We started a series uh, last week entitled The Principle of the Path. I know there's been uh, lots of discussion happening around that. And obviously what we've learned, I'll give you a quick recap if you're visiting with us today for the first time. What we learned is that the principle of the path says that your direction, not your intentions, hopes, dreams, or desires, determines your destination. Your direction, that the path that I take, not the desires that I have, ultimately determines my destination. And we, we learned that if you, if you pack a picnic basket and you pack your surfboard, sunscreen, and umbrella, and you get on the N4 towards Botswana, you're not going to land in Durban. Ain't going to happen. No matter how many prayers you said, uh, no matter whether you go to church or not, or whether you read your Bible that morning, or how many friends you told before you left the driveway, it ain't happening. Okay? Because my direction, not my intention, determines my destination. We, we also realize that when it comes to things like driving or hiking, those things are pretty obvious. But when it comes to other areas of my life, like my spiritual life, my, my marriage, my children, my uh, moral life, my financial life, with those things, there is a disconnect. Somehow with those things, we think that my intention is here. I'm taking a path this way, actually away from my intention. That's what I daily do. Somehow a miracle is going to take place and it's going to jump from here to what I intended to do. But yet that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what we see happening in life. And often, although this was our intention and we actually head in this direction, we end up, when we land exactly where the path took us, we end up blaming God for our predicament, for the relationship that didn't work out, for the finances that's a mess, for my spiritual life not hoping or being what I hoped it would be. And we ask God why, but, but maybe God is asking, but why if you didn't want to land there, did you take the path that leads that way? So that's sort of what we learned last week. What we're going to do today is try and unpack two things. One is, how do I know if I am on the right path? That's question number one. How do I know if I'm on the right path? And then question number two is, what would I then do with that information? So one, the path that I'm on, or the path that I'm about to take, is it going to take me where I want to go? That's a good question. And two, once I learn the answer to that, what am I going to do with that information? Why is that so important? Because I think none of us want to wake up in our 30s or our 50s or our 70s and wish that we were on a different path. We only get one shot at this amazing thing called life, and we don't actually have the time to dream in one way but yet take a path that leads us to another direction. So we have to ask the question, how do I know if I'm on the right path? If you're single today, how do I know if the guy that I'm dating or the girl that I'm dating or I want to date, how do I know if this is the man or the woman of my future? How do I know if moving in with them or sleeping with them is going to take me where I want to be? Because living together or sleeping together is not just an event. It's a path. 
It's a path that's going to take me somewhere. It's a path with a predictable outcome. How do I know if my marriage is heading in the right direction? How do I know if I'm spiritually heading in the right direction? All these things are very important. Because in the world of driving or hiking, when you get lost, you lose a couple of minutes or maybe some hours in life, you lose years. So I have to make sure, how do I know? On the how do I know, I want to unpack quickly, prayerfully, three things that I think can help us. How do I know if I'm on the right path? Number one, study the Bible. <laughs> and I want to emphasize the word study. And when I say study, I don't mean go to theology school. I mean, I need to dig into the Bible to see, is this, is this the path that I should be on? Or what path should I be on? In Romans 15 verse 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, to give us direction. So that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Everything that was written down in the past, the author says as he writes to church in Rome, was written down to teach us, to give us direction, so that by bringing that which was written down into my life and enduring with it, I might have hope. The Bible was written for a very specific reason. And it's not only to teach us about God and about His Son, but to help us on the way to life. The Scriptures are there to show us the way. But the way is not just going to jump out at us. We're going to have to go and look for it in the Bible. We're going to have to study the subject matter that we want to know. And we're going to have to know exactly what does the Bible teach on this. I love a passage in Acts chapter 17 that describes a group of people like that. And the, the context of the passage, as many of us know this, this passage... As Paul and Silas are missionaries and they're going from town to town teaching people the way of life and the way of God. And it says that they, were, they visited two groups of people back to back, a group in Berea and a group in Thessalonica. And in Acts 17 it says that the, the Bereans, the people of Berea, were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined, examined, the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Paul was saying to them, guys, you're not on the right path. Like, wow, man, that's pretty intense stuff. But we want to know for ourselves. So every day they examine the scriptures. Now, back then, they didn't have an iPhone. This might, for the teens, this might be a shock to you, but they didn't. I know it's... But they didn't. There wasn't an a, a app. They didn't have some of those nice leather babies that you guys have, you know, with the concordance and everything. It was a scroll in the synagogue. These guys, every day they had to go to the synagogue, and they would have to take a particular scroll. But they, they wanted to study it. They wanted to make sure that they were on the right path because they knew that it mattered. Study it. They had to dig in. They had to get their hands dirty. We're going to have to 
put the work in. It's not, the Bible ain't going to direct me if I just in the morning I lie in bed and I open it up and I yawn my way through it. As I play the tape in the car while I'm driving to work, it ain't going to, that's a nice extra, but I ain't studying it. We can't base our lives or the path that we choose on something that we more or less know on an idea or an assumption of what the Bible says. A number of years ago, I read an article that stated the most quoted verse in the Bible, and this verse was, God helps those who help themselves. And that's in Second Opinions chapter 2, verse 3, okay? There was a time where this was the most quoted verse in the Bible. It's not even in the Bible. For years I used to say, somewhere in the Bible it says, I cannot base my life on somewhere in the Bible it says. I cannot base my my life even on a single verse, but I'm holding on to this one verse. No, I need to study it. I need to see, man, what does the Bible call me? To, To be a disciple of Jesus, to be a Christian, what does the Bible say? To stay faithful as a Christian, what does the Bible say? One of the most shocking things for me is to be a great husband. What does the Bible say? Husbands, lay down your life for your wife, just as Christ did for the church. Every day we face with decisions, with a path, left or right. How do I know? For the teenagers, I think something is big for you guys. To be liked, do I fit in? What does it mean to be beautiful? And if you look at if you look at your parents' older photos, and you look in time, and you and you look at sort of how fashion has changed, I think sometimes you might think, how did they ever wear that? But what does it mean? Is it the way that I look? And First Peter three. It says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. Now today you want to see what what people think is beautiful? Go go to their Facebook. Go to Instagram. It's look at me, pretty me. Look at what I'm wearing. The Bible says that's not how the holy woman of old did it. That will not take you to where you want to go. And the same with the guys. That's not going to take you where you want to be. Any given topic, study the Bible. Number two, get advice. I want to know the path that I'm on, the path that I'm about to take. Is it the right path? Get advice from the right people. Proverbs 11 verse 4 says, For a lack of guidance a nation falls, but many advisors makes victory sure. For a lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors makes victory sure. The path that I'm on, is it going to take me where I want to be? Saying, seek 
advice. Ask. Hey, this is what I'm considering doing. Do you think it's going to take me where, where I want to go? I see they have a special on a car. And what that, what that special is, is that you, uh, it's a, you pay 72 months, and then it's got a 30% residual. So when it's all said and done, I pay a 20% deposit. When it's all said and done, I still owe 30%, but I like it. What do you think? Do you think it's going to take me where I want to go? Do you think it's going to help me? Hey, this is, this is, let me tell you about my marriage. This is the amount of time that I'm spending with my wife, and this is what the time is like. And this is the amount of time that I spend with my children, and this is what the time is like. This is where I want to go one day. This is, this is the kind of relationship I want to have 10, 20, 30 years from now. Do you think what I'm doing now will take me there? Ask advice. Amazing thing about at least the church is that advice is free. I hope. Hey, we had a great idea. We want to move two, three hours away from church and go and be by ourselves there and we'll, we'll drive through on Sundays. Ask advice. Hey, I know others have done it. How did that work out for them? Did it go well? It's all about get inputs. It says many advisors makes victory sure. Advisors are able to help us to distinguish between intention and direction. Now, there is a snag in this scripture, and that is that it is only partially true. Like most scriptures, it needs to be read in conjunction with other scriptures. In Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffer harm. Therefore, what do I need to do? I need to ask advice from the right people. Who are the right people? It's the wise, the godly, the people that have walked that path before me, the people that have the kind of relationship with God, that have the kind of marriage, that have the kind of family that I want to emulate that i want to be like i need to be asking advice from them and it says when i walk with people like that i myself will become like that i at least i know i'm so incredibly indebted to so many people over the years that i think has spared us so much drama and trauma <laughs> in our lives by being great counselors and then there's also been times where where I would sometimes someone would tell me about their predicament, the decision that they made, and what they did, and I said, I sort of I listen and I hear this story, and it's one of those stories where you could see where we go, like we looked at last week, and I and I and I say, geez, man, did you did you? I just have to ask, did you did you seek any counsel before making that decision? And then they say, yes, and I'm like. From who? And I wish I could say that they would then say to me, hey, it's actually from a, a worldly friend of mine, a drinking buddy or something like that. But that's often not the case. It's actually someone in the church. And I say, but Matt, did you check? Are they doing okay on that front? 
So you ask them financial advice, are they doing well financially? Oh no, they're just getting by. Well, they gave me some great marriage counsel. How's their marriage? I, I don't know. They're not, they, 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 she seems to be on a very long holiday. Companion of fools suffer harm. You want to know if you're on the right path? Just bring someone into your life. A wise, godly person that has experience in the area that you want counsel on and say, hey, this is where I'm heading. Does it seem like I'm heading in the right direction? A third one year that often helps, and this is the one that I personally don't like to visit, is past experience. So as you're about to take a certain path, a good question might be, have I taken this path before? And how did it work out for me? The last time that someone presented me with the opportunity of a lifetime, how did that work out? The last time that I decided to do this particular thing, and if we just honest with ourselves, and we sit, and we stop, and we think, and we ask ourselves that question, and say, the last time that I did it, the last time I didn't really spend time in my Bible, where did it end? The last time that I watched TV late at night all by myself, flipping through the dodgy channels, where did it land? And so before I head down that path, a good question is, hey, let me look in the rearview mirror. As a matter of fact, when those things happen, I think what would do us well is to take a mental snapshot, a photo. Where did it land? And every time we at that crossroads again, I need to pull out that photo. And I say, do I want to head in there? So I think the thing with many of these things is that we actually know what we ought to be doing. But we just don't want to admit it. We're hoping for a miracle. We are hoping that somehow my, what, what I've invested will, will not come back at me. But God is helping us. He's saying, study the Bible. Figure it out. I put people in your life that can help you. Look at the past and learn from it. So I look at these three things, and I need to ask myself a question. So I've studied the Bible. This is, and I was faced with this some years ago. I studied the Bible, and I realized that I wasn't the husband that God called me to be. Two, you ask advice from others, and they acknowledge you aren't the husband that you ought to be. Three, you look at the past, and you say, I ain't the husband that I ought to be. What do I now do with that information? I'm not spiritually where I want to be or ought to be. My family is not where it ought to be. What do I now do with that information? And Proverbs 27 is a great proverb. It says in verse 12, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Ooh. The prudent sees danger. They see it coming. So, oh, let me take refuge. But the simple or the immature keep going and suffer for it. Two people, two responses, two outcomes. Somehow the wise person understands that life is connected. There is a cause and an effect. There is a connection between yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
the wise person live their life asking the questions, in light of what I've studied in the scriptures, in light of the advice that wise people have given me, in light of my past experiences and future dreams, what is the best thing for me to do now and then to take action? They do something about it. They say, hey, well, I see trouble coming down this path. Let me go over here, take refuge from what's coming in my way, and let me rather than get onto this path that is going where I want to be. But they see it coming and they take refuge. It says that the immature, though, are a little bit different. The immature person does not see life as being connected, but as disconnected. Somehow, today, tomorrow, and yesterday have no connection. Past, present, future is not connected. The fact that this very same thing has happened to me four times before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Who of us have ever sat with your kids and you see them getting a little bit excited, smaller kids. They're playing and you see that it's getting more excited, more excited, more excited, more excited. Where is it going to land? It's going to land in a fight. They obviously are immature. They are not able to see it. They repeat that same thing every day. Every day. And you, and you say to them, okay, calm down. Where is this going to land? No, no, we're just having fun. We're just, yeah, so-and-so did so, so-and-so did that. Talk to them, this, that, this, that. Everyone is crying. Everyone's unhappy. And they're just going to see it coming. And tomorrow they do the same thing again. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? It's just going to work out. I have intention A. I'm on path B. Somehow path B is going to lead me to intention A. It's just going to happen. So they just keep going. You say to them, Listen, do you think you are possibly not close to God because you don't spend time with Him? I say, oh, absolutely, that's a great point. Do you think that maybe you're not close as a family because you spend too much time in front of the TV or at work? Oh, absolutely, that's a brilliant point. So what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Somehow the immature think that they can magically break the principle of the path. You sit in a sermon like this last week and you say, prayerfully, great stuff. This is life changing. It is so obvious. And you walk away and you do nothing. Next week you come back. We speak on the same thing. You feel the same way and you make the same decision. I'm going to do Nothing. The problem says the simple keeps going and suffer for it. Continuing down the wrong path does not make things better. It says that we will suffer for it. Bad choices and wrong paths leads to suffering. You cannot break the principle of the path, but the principle of the path can break you. Therefore, he says, be wise. The prudent sees danger and takes refuge. I want to say to you this morning, if you're in the wrong path, it's not too late. 
whether that wrong path is your spiritual life, whether the wrong path is that you've been hiding things in your heart, that you've not been open with people and God and help, whether the wrong path is your marriage, whatever it might be, it is not too late. But be wise. See where it's going. Take action. And get on the path you want to be. So, let's study our Bibles. Let's get advice from wise people. Let's learn from our past experiences. And let's get on a path. Or let's make a decision and say, even write it down. I, I, I met with a, I met with a, a group of prefects at a school, about 25 of them uh, this week. And I gave them this challenge. And, I, and maybe, I, maybe I should throw it the same your way. I said, write down on a piece of paper the kind of person you want to be 12 months from now. Write it down, put it in an envelope, then get on a path that will take you there and see what it looks like 12 months from now. I want to encourage you to do the same. Speak to a friend, do whatever needs to be done, but write it down, where do I want to be? And then get on a path that will take you there. And if you do, believe me, God will help you and support you. Let's work with the principle of the path. God bless. Amen.